to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I'm so excited about this morning. And uh, I'm really believing that God is going to do something really fresh in this moment. And it was amazing how Craig had that, uh, that sense of what God was saying about the rain coming. And I, I had this real sense this morning as I was praying that there's people here and you feel like you're in a really dry place. And I had a picture of God just being over you with this tap that He was just ready to pour on ready to turn on and there's just going to be an extra measure of His presence that was going to come. And what I love about our God is He's a personal God, but He's a God of His presence. And I really believe today that there's just going to be that tap turning on for people. There's just going to be that fresh sense of His presence. And so I'm excited about what God is going to do. Uh, We need to pray because God needs to help this pregnant woman deliver the Word. Brendan actually said to me on the front row, if you need a cheeseburger midway, I'm your man. I can get it for you. (laughs) I say, that's a good point. I might take you up on that offer. But Jesus, I thank You that You are here today. God, I thank You for Your presence. I thank You that You are such a good God. God, that You want to meet us, that You want to bring something alive on the inside of us again. That where we may feel like the fire has gone out, God, I just have this sense of You lighting the match and putting it to flame again. And God, I pray that that would take place today. Would You pour out Your Spirit on all of us in the Name of Jesus? Everybody said, Amen. Come on, let me thank our team. Now this series that we're in, it's actually for the next couple of months, it's all about our theme for the year, which is overcome. And today is all about being Holy Spirit enabled. And I love this whole topic of the Holy Spirit because it is what brings us alive in our walk with God, our faith with God. If you're not sure what I mean by the Holy Spirit, it's what the Bible talks about and talking about the presence of God. You know, you may be here for the first time today and you've walked in and something has just felt different. There's been a new stirring. There's been something fresh. Like, what is that? That sense of something going on inside. We are spirit people. There's a spirit part of us, something coming alive. And it's that sense of the Holy Spirit moving. And I just, our prayer today is that every one of us would open ourselves up in a fresh way to what the Holy Spirit wants to speak. And our text for today is going to be from John 4. And it is one of my favourite stories in the Bible. It's very well known. It's the passage of the woman at the well. And Jesus is on His way with His disciples uh, on a journey. And they go through this town, the Samaritan town. And Jesus is sitting by the well. The disciples have gone in for food. He's sitting by the well at midday. And this woman comes along. And it's a woman with a local reputation. She's had five husbands The man she's with is currently not her husband. So she's going to the well at midday when no one else is around because she doesn't want to be shamed. She doesn't want to talk to people. She's isolated. She's rejected. She's alone. And Jesus meets her in that place and He talks to her and He loves her in that moment. And the amazing thing is that she's actually the first person that Jesus reveals that He is the Messiah to. This woman that is broken, that is rejected, and He comes and He brings her life and He speaks hope into her. And her life is incredibly transformed. But the text we're going to look at today is at the end of that story in John 4, verse 39 to 42. And it says, 
Minnie, because she meets Jesus, she runs back into the town and she tells everybody about what Jesus has done in her life. So she goes from this woman that wouldn't talk to anybody to telling the whole town about what Jesus has done for her. And it says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed, Jesus stayed two more days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, I want us to get this this morning. We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. And I love that passage because they went from believing because of the woman's testimony. They went from believing because of what they had heard about Jesus to actually encountering Him for themselves. And I love that about our God, that He's not into secondhand experience, but firsthand encounter. He's into us discovering Him for ourselves, not just rocking along to church on a Sunday and hearing what a preacher says, hearing what leaders said, hearing what other people's testimonies are. No, He wants to do something in us. He wants to bring something alive on the inside of us. He is personal, He is alive, He is living, and He is in every single one of us. He doesn't want us to live based on secondhand revelation, secondhand experience, but firsthand encounter. You know, secondhand experience, it's, it's so second rate. I love shopping. One of my favourite things to do. And because I love shopping, I wouldn't want to experience it through anybody else. You know, there could be the option of giving somebody else money, somebody else the budget. They go and do the shopping for you. Some people may think that's bliss. But for me, it would be robbed because it's not firsthand. It's the experience of it that is awesome. I remember when we moved here, it was four and a bit years ago, and uh, we were all about rugby union, being Kiwis, all blacks. It's kind of our claim to fame, the all blacks. So we loved rugby union. And so when we got here, you know, obviously it's all about AFL here. And I, I would watch the game a bit, and I just couldn't get it. It didn't make sense to me at all. And I would kind of like just watch guys and look like they were just shoving for the sake of shoving and running around everywhere. And I just couldn't get it at all. But then our son Zahn really started to get into it. And so we went to a match at uh, this massive stadium. And I remember this like, wow, sense of coming alive. Like, man, this game is actually awesome. Like these guys are incredible athletes running half a marathon per game taking hits where they don't know where the tackle's coming. I mean, All Blacks, they know the tackle's coming. These guys don't know the tackle's coming. And now I watch the game, and I, to be honest, sorry, Kiwis, but I actually almost appreciate it more now than Rugby Union. I'm sorry. And it's because it's on, it's on the TV. <laughs> that I'm not speaking on behalf of Craig. That's just my opinion. And my son does love it as well, and I love what he loves. But it came, this like sense of appreciation came from first-hand experience. Being there, being part of it. You know, the Holy Spirit is all about us having first-hand encounter with our God. It's all about us experiencing our God personally for ourselves. 
You know, some of us may know God the Father in heaven. There's three forms of who God is. God the Father in heaven, who is majestic, who is sovereign, who one day we will meet. And just the Bible says angels bow down to Him 24-7 all day long in eternity, the sovereign Lord, amazing God. Then we have Jesus, the Son that came and died on the cross for us to redeem us. And the Bible says that when He rose from the dead and went back to heaven, He now sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. What an amazing God. And then we have the Holy Spirit that is God's presence with us here on this earth. And it is, it's our opportunity to know Him, to walk life out with Him. And I want us to ask the question of how much life are we really doing with the Holy Spirit? How much do we personally know Him? How much are we really opening our lives to Him? I love when Jesus and His disciples were spending their last evening together before He was crucified. Jesus said to them, He's saying to them, I'm gonna die, all this is gonna happen. And obviously the disciples are gutted, but Jesus says in John 16 verse seven, so let me say this again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend, talking about the Holy Spirit, he won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. So Jesus saying, it's actually better that I go, guys, so that you can have the Holy Spirit. I mean, how many of us think how amazing it would be to have walked with Jesus when he was here on this earth? Yet Jesus is saying, no, it's better that I go so the Holy Spirit, one who is greater, can come because the Holy Spirit can dwell with every single one of us. We have access to Him all the time. He is the God that never leaves us. Come on, how amazing is our God? And you hear this heart of Jesus for us in John 14, verse 15 to 18. It says, if you love me, keep your commands. I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate. Again, the Holy Spirit to help you, to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you know Him, for He lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And you hear this heart of Jesus saying, you need the Holy Spirit. I won't leave you. I'm gonna give you this Holy Spirit that's gonna be the one that is with you forever. I love that about our God. I love that the Bible describes the Holy Spirit in this way, that He is our advocate. He is the one that has our back. He strengthens us. He is with us, our advocate, that one that speaks on behalf of us. He is our counsellor, the one that guides us, the one that inputs into us, speaks to us. He is our power to outwork, to live how God has called us to. He's the revealer of all truth. He is our helper. He is our friend. And I love this. The Bible talks about how He's a producer of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Come on, who thinks we need more of those things in our lives? Well, it comes by the Holy Spirit. I love the Holy Spirit and what He can do in our lives. So we're going to look at three things this morning of what does it mean to be Holy Spirit enabled? What does it mean to be Holy Spirit enabled? The first thing is that it is a divine exchange. It's a divine exchange. In Luke 24 verse 49, Jesus is talking to His disciples and He says to them, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. 
It is a power that comes from heaven. It is a divine exchange between us and our humanness and the sovereignty of who God is, the supernatural part of who God is. It is this divine exchange. See, this life that Jesus has called us to live, that God has called us to live, we can't do it on our own. This year that we have said is the overcoming year, we can't do it without His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is what enables us to live the life that He has called us to live. I mean, you think about it. He's called us to a life of purity, of character, of integrity, of perseverance, of selflessness. That does not come naturally. Of joy, of peace, of love, loving everybody, even our enemies, forgiving all, not reacting in anger, having self-control, staying married to the same person our whole lives, raising kids that love Jesus, being incredible friends to the, uh, those that love at all times, seeing our friends and family who don't know Him come to family. That's quite a list of what He's called us to. And we cannot do it in our own humanity. We cannot fight sin ourselves. We cannot do this walk on our own. If you're feeling overwhelmed, that's a great place to be. I feel overwhelmed all the time, but that's where we rely on the Holy Spirit. That's where we need Him working through our lives, that it's less of me and more of Him. That it's not about becoming a better me. It's about actually becoming less of me so He can be greater through me. And that is who the Holy Spirit is in our lives. It is God's greatest gift to us. Luke 11, verse 9 to 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And often we hear that passage in terms of, He's a God that wants to give into our lives, pour out into our lives, and He does. It's true. But it goes on to say, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your father, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Come on, it's talking specifically about the Holy Spirit. It is God's greatest gift to us beyond any finance, beyond anything else, beyond any relationship, the Holy Spirit, it's God's greatest gift to us. What a gift it is. I know the dictionary meaning of enabled is to give someone the authority or means to do something, make it possible for, or to make somebody able to do something, excuse me, by providing whatever is necessary to achieve that aim. And that's what our God does when He gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit and enables us to walk our Christianity out, to follow Jesus. I remember being baptized in the Holy Spirit and the word baptism is to simply mean to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. And I was just uh, 11 years old at the time and I was just desperate to know God personally. I'd heard about Him so much from church, from my family and friends, but I'd never really been awoken to, is He really real for me? And I went on this massive quest of just seeking Him and finding Him. And I remember being at the front of the altar at church and the pastor praying for me and just this overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit, God's presence coming on my life and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I remember the next day from that point on just feeling like superwoman, feeling like you could do anything. 
I wanted to tell all my friends about Jesus and it wasn't a have to, it was just this overflow that came. I, I, the things that I'd struggled with, getting mad with people, just those little things, no longer were they a struggle anymore. It was just easy. You know, sometimes we see God as this taskmaster wanting us to fulfill all these things, but He's actually the God of release. All these things He's called us to, He wants to enable it through His Holy Spirit, that it's a joy, that it comes from an overflow. Come on, I love again what it says in Romans 15 verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is joy in the Holy Spirit. There is so much joy in living in His presence and allowing Him to flow through us. Come on, if we're lacking joy, we're lacking the Holy Spirit. Come on, so often we are seeking happiness through all these other things when it's the relationship with the Holy Spirit that we need. You know the feeling of struggling on your own, trying to do it on your own, and you come into His presence and it's like, oh yeah, that's what I've been looking for. That's what I've been missing. Come on, how many of us need a fresh touch of His Holy Spirit? I love what A.W. Tozer said, holiness as taught in Scriptures is not based upon knowledge on our part. Rather, it is based upon the resurrected Christ indwelling us and changing us into His likeness. Come on, it's not about us having all the know. It's not about us doing the good Christian thing. It's about less of us and allowing Him to move through us. I wrote this down, Christianity isn't becoming a better version of ourselves. It's about having who we are replaced with who He is. And that's our aim. Less of me, more of Him. And I love that that's why the gift of the Holy Spirit is no respecter of who a person is. I love in Acts 10, when Peter is with the Gentiles and the church leaders of the time who were Jews believed that Gentiles, those that weren't Jews, couldn't really follow God. They wouldn't allow them to be water baptized. And and then God just bypassed all that and pours out His Holy Spirit on the Gentiles, at Gentiles, and they come alive in His presence. And Peter says that surely no one can stand in the way. They've been baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered them for it to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is no respecter of person. For us to receive His Holy Spirit, all it takes is our belief. All it takes is faith. And I so... Again, love what uh, this passage here, what uh, Smith Wigglesworth says. Uh, He was one of the greatest men in the whole movement around the Holy Spirit. And he says this, I saw that God wants us so badly that He has made the condition as simple as He possibly could. Only believe. Only believe. He was a man that saw 14 people raised from the dead, incredible miracles, and his whole ministry was based around that, those two words, only believe. Come on, we need fresh faith to awaken on the inside of us. 
Come on, a new stirring, allowing faith to rise up again. You know, we live in a world today where we're given the opinion of so many people. Opinions are thrown at us all the time. Instagram, website, Google, whatever it is. But we need our lives to be based upon the opinion of the only one that truly matters. Jesus Christ and our faith is based on Him. Our belief is based on Him. You think about it. Easter weekend that we celebrated. All of history is based upon Jesus coming to earth. Before Christ, after death. All of history is based around it. Today, the main public holidays we celebrate, 2,000 years later, over 2,000 years later, are His death and His birth. There is something in that. Come on, He is trustworthy. More books have been written about Jesus than any on the planet today. More people follow Him than any human being that ever walked the planet. He is valid. He has such credibility around Him. I mean, you look at the stats around it. He did nothing to esteem Himself. He was the son of a carpenter, only three years in ministry, came with no credentials, never traveled further than 200 miles from where He was born, yet He changed our world forever. Come on, we need to believe in His words. And so often Jesus would say to people, just believe. Stop the complication. Stop getting your mind so into it. Stop trying to have it all sorted, all worked out. Stop trying in your humanity to to, to be God. No, just stop it. Just believe in me. Just believe in what I'm able to do in your life. Come on, again, one of my favourite passages. I say every passage is my favourite because it kind of is. But Luke 8, verse 49 to 51. Jesus has just healed the woman with the issue of blood and this man is with him that is desperate for him to heal his daughter who is dying. And that his friends turn up and they say to him, Jairus, your daughter is dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And Jesus turns and he sees Jairus. He sees this devastation on his face. And he says to him, do not be afraid. Just believe. And Jesus goes and he raised his daughter from the dead. Come on, are we being held back by fear? Or are we stepping into faith? When we step into faith, it releases the Holy Spirit in our lives. I still remember a a really significant time for me. We were youth pastors. uh, So it was before we were youth pastors and we were young adult leaders at the time. This was many years ago. And I was asked to speak to our high school ministry and they freaked me out. It was this group of 30 or so kids in this room. And I'm like, how do you speak to high schoolers? Like I was freaking out and I remember being on the front row. I'd never spoken before. It wasn't something that I ever wanted to do. And I remember sitting on the front row and somebody was introducing me. And I remember all I wanted to do was run. This voice was going through my head, run, just run. What are you doing here? How did you get yourself here? And I remember actually having to grab the edge of the seat just to stop myself from running And I remember in that moment choosing, I'm not going to let fear win. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to step into this and trust what you want to do. And in that moment, I remember getting up to speak. I had no idea what I was speaking about. God just took over. 
And the Holy Spirit works when we step up into faith like that. When we step beyond our natural ability and allow Him to take over. But so often we can allow fear to dominate. Come on, are we being held back by fear or are we stepping into faith? Because the Holy Spirit moves when we step into faith. The second thing in being Holy Spirit enabled is that we see in a new way. We see in a new way. In Acts 1, verse 6 to 8, Jesus is speaking to his disciples before he goes to heaven and he gathers them, they gather around him and they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They had this agenda like, God, are you going to be the saviour that we're looking for to redeem us from Roman rule? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The disciples are so caught up in their own agenda. And Jesus is like, hang on, guys, this is actually what it's all about. You're called to be my witnesses to the world. It's not about the kingdom of Israel being restored. It's about being all people knowing who I am. You are the witnesses of this. And the amazing thing is in Acts 2, when they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, all 11 disciples stand up in front of this this crowd of thousands of people and they testify to what Jesus did in their lives. The, The ones that, as Pastor Craig said last week, had hid in the room. So so scared of the Pharisee leaders, so scared of the religious leaders. They had run, they had fled when Jesus was being crucified. And here they are standing up in front of thousands declaring who Jesus was. Thomas the doubter, Peter the denier. They're all standing there. And the only difference this time is that they're baptised in the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, it enables us to witness for others. It enables others, uh, us to tell others about the goodness of our God, to explain His love, to express His love. The Holy Spirit is what enables us, but it also changes our agenda. See, the disciples went from that agenda to a different agenda. From that point on, they were just all about telling others about God. Their whole agenda was, how do I see others know Jesus? The same God that's transformed my life. Come on, we need a little bit of that. We need help with our agenda. I need help with my agenda because my own agenda is selfish. It's about my comforts, about my needs. I need His agenda and that agenda comes by the power of His Holy Spirit working through me. Come on, He changes how we see things. And the cool thing, it's not about shoving the judgment of God down people's throats. That's where religion comes in. But I've found the more you have of the Holy Spirit, the more you love people. The more you genuinely care for people, you wanna be there for them. You wanna reveal the love of Jesus to them. I love what Billy Graham said, who's recently passed away and was one of the heroes of the faith. He spoke to 210 million people across his lifetime. Saw 3.2 million people make the decision to follow Jesus. What an amazing legacy. Spoke to presidents, queens. If you watch The Crown, you'd know that. But he says, he says this, it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. God's job to judge and my job to love. It decomplicates things. The Holy Spirit flowing through us, it's about loving people and seeing them encounter the incredible love that we know. 
And I love that the Holy Spirit, He is that one that brings conviction. He's the one that brings that nudge. As the Bible says, He is our counsellor. He reveals, He's the revealer of truth. And I found, find the more we listen to the nudge, the more we allow Him to move through us. You know, the nudge when I'm with my kids and you just have that sense, you know what, we just need to linger here on the couch and stop everything else that needs to be done and just have time with them. And it's amazing what comes from those conversations. The nudge just to linger with a friend at school. And again, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit moves in those times. The nudge when we're having an argument, Craig and I, which hardly ever happens, like once a year. But when we're having an argument and you feel that nudge of the Holy Spirit in the middle of the argument, just let it go. Just say sorry. Sometimes you don't listen to that nudge and it makes things way worse. But the nudge of the Holy Spirit, the more we listen to it, the more it empowers us the more it enables us to live how he's called us to live. And the last one, and being Holy Spirit enabled, is it surrendering our strength for his strength. Galatians 2 verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me. And gave himself for me. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You know, we've got to get to a place where we're ready to lay down our strength for his strength. We're ready to lay down our control and what we want to do and take up his strength instead. This week I was doing a bit of research into, I love reading, and one of the things I came across was uh, how the term horsepower came into being. And it was back in the late 18th century when the steam engine came onto the scene for the first time, and people were so convinced on the power of horses rather than the steam engine that the inventors of the steam, in, the inventors of the steam engine had to give it uh, a uh, a term around it to, to equal horsepower. So they would say, hey, instead of using 20 horses, you can use the steam engine instead. So people were so convinced on the old strength that they needed convincing to take on the new strength that was actually far more powerful. You know, in our lives, it can be the same. We can be so caught up in our own strength so caught up in doing things ourselves that we actually lose sight of the far greater power we have access to. Come on, it's the power of heaven. It's the power of Jesus living in and through us. And we have access to it. Come on, our own independence is so overrated. Again, it promises so much, delivers so little. Come on, we need the Holy Spirit moving in and through us. And you know, the amazing thing is it happens when we get to a place of full surrender. The amazing thing is that the only teaching of Jesus 
that is mentioned in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And the only teaching that we know where Jesus gave it on four different occasions was around the verses of find your life and you'll lose it. Lose your life and you'll find it. We've got to get to that place where we're willing to let it go and fully allow Him to take over. And that's where the Holy Spirit can move so beautifully through our lives. I love what Max Licardo says. The Wizard of Oz says, look inside yourself and find self. God says, look inside yourself and find the Holy Spirit. The first will get you to canvas. The latter will get you to heaven. Take your pick. I love that. The power of surrender and what it brings into our lives, what it does in us. I I remember when God had called us to Melbourne, called us to move here. And when he first talked to us about it, I was in a real struggle with it. It was, I mean, it's the biggest decision we've made as a family. And I really struggled with letting go of control, letting go of what I thought was my strength and We were involved in so many different ministries that we loved, that we thought we were strong in. Uh, We just brought our first home, what was going to happen with the kids, just all these different things. And I had to get to a new place of surrender, a new place of letting go of my strength and my security and going, okay, God, we're going to take you up on yours instead. And I remember Craig saying to me in that moment, You know, babe, God isn't going to ask us to do something that is less than what we have. He's always the God of more. And I kind of remember thinking, yeah, whatever, we'll see. And we just spent the week in lawn together as a family and we were traveling back last night. And I remember just having this conversation with God, just going, you know what, God, I really love my life. Like, I love this. I love what we're doing. I love what you've done in us as a family. I love the people that we get to walk this out with, the church that we have. I love it. I wouldn't change a thing. And I feel like the Holy Spirit just said to me in that moment, lose your life, you'll find it. Come on, I'm trustworthy. My strength for your strength. And that is the essence of the Holy Spirit, that we get to a place where it's okay, less of me, God, and more of you. I'd love the team to come and join me right now. Again, I love what Henry T. Black Abbey says, will God ever ask you to do something you're not able to do? The answer is yes, all the time. It must be that way for God's glory and kingdom. If we function according to our ability alone, we get the glory. If we function according to the power of the Spirit within us, God gets the glory. He wants to reveal Himself to a watching world. When we take on the Holy Spirit, we enter into a whole new realm, a whole new realm of influence, a whole new realm of power. And it's about Him, not about us. And I just have a sense in this moment we're just going to, the team's going to lead us in that last worship song. But I just have a sense that the Holy Spirit wants to do something fresh this morning. We're just going to stand to our feet where we are and just allow the Holy Spirit to fall afresh. You can stand to your feet. 
And I just believe in this moment, God wants to bring a real fresh deposit. We haven't got a long, but God can just do in a moment what we will take hours a lifetime to achieve. So come on, why don't we raise our hands to heaven and just allow the Holy Spirit to fall afresh. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to move. We pray for a fresh sense of your presence. We ask right now that you would move, that you would fall in a new way. God, for those of us that feel dry, feel distant, right now I pray that you would pour open the tap of your presence, that you would pour out your anointing in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.